Practicing self-compassion allows you to be aware, to tune in, to be mindful of your experiences, and to provide comfort and self-nurturing when you need it. According to psychotherapist Dr. Julie de Azevedo Hanks, author of the audiobook The Assertiveness Guide for Women, neglecting self-compassion is a mistake that many of us make. But without self-love, we won't be able to realize our full potential as human beings. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. We offer brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Today we're sharing some helpful information from psychotherapist Dr. Julie de Azevedo Hanks, author of the popular audiobook, The Assertiveness Guide for Women, How to Communicate Your Needs, Set Healthy Boundaries, and Transform Your Relationships. In this audiobook, Dr. de Azevedo Hanks helps you avoid rumination and regret when you're unable to express yourself or even acknowledge your own needs and learn to assert yourself and get what you want. In this episode, Dr. de Azevedo Hanks explains the many important reasons for practicing self-compassion and offers a practical exercise to help strengthen your self-compassion. Most people find it easier to feel and act compassionately towards others than to their own difficult experiences. I'm supposed to be the strong one in my family. I was taught that it's not okay to cry. Crying is for sissies. I'm so sad about the death of my son, but I was just taught to soldier on and get back to work. I've heard these phrases come from clients who are dealing with significant struggles and pain. To me, they indicate that we don't give ourselves permission to grieve, to be sad, or to be imperfect. But do we not allow for these things for others when they are in emotional pain? My hope for you is that, with practice, you'll extend the same compassion to yourself as you extend to others. Awareness Exercise Practicing Self-Compassion Think of a recent situation when you felt pain of any kind. It could be a physical injury or a relationship injury. It might be an unexpected loss such as unemployment, a breakup, or the untimely death of a loved one. Now reflect on the following questions. What did I tell myself about my pain? Was my self-talk nurturing or was it critical? Did I validate my suffering or minimize it? How did I behave toward myself when I was hurting? Was I able to provide nurturing, comfort, and validation to myself? Now think of a child you know. It may be your own child, a neighbor, extended relative, or the child of a friend. Place this beloved child in the previous scenario, experiencing a similar pain, and reflect on the following questions. What would I say to her? Would my words be nurturing or lean toward criticism and judgment? How would I behave? Would I validate her suffering with empathy or would I minimize her pain? How is my imagined response to a child's suffering different or similar to how I respond to my own pain? 
All attachment styles can benefit from the practice of self-compassion. If you have an anxious attachment style, self-compassion can help you self-soothe and validate your own experience without feeling so dependent on validation and comfort from others. If you have a securely attached style, a self-compassion practice will help you validate the emotional ups and downs that occur as a natural part of life. For avoidantly attached women, self-compassion will help you acknowledge, access, and connect to your own suffering and joy, instead of distancing from painful experiences or denying it in order to cope. What does self-compassion have to do with assertiveness? The practice of self-compassion allows you to be aware, to tune in, to be mindful of your experiences, and to provide comfort and self-nurturing when you need it. That is, to think and act in comforting and compassionate ways toward yourself. This process helps validate and soothe pain enough to let it teach and guide you to your actions. This is the healthy distance from your emotions we discussed in Chapter 4. The ability to soothe and comfort yourself allows you to move toward identifying your wants and needs from others and informs your requests of others. It's also part of differentiation because it enables you to comfort yourself instead of solely relying on others to soothe you. Since I first learned about self-compassion a couple of years ago, I have made it a practice, and I can attest that it works. It feels really good to comfort yourself and take care of yourself, though slightly uncomfortable at first. During the process of writing my doctoral dissertation, I experienced insecurities about my competence, my capability, and my worthiness. More than once a day, okay, if I'm really honest with myself, it's like ten times a day, I broke down in tears overwhelmed with feelings of self-doubt, inadequacy, and fear, and vowing that I was going to drop out of my program. I found myself saying things to myself that I would never say to another person. My self-talk was something along the lines of, who are you to think that you can write a scholarly document and actually have it pass as some kind of original contribution to the field of marriage and family therapy? You don't have what it takes. You've never been the smart one in your family. You're the social one, the songwriter, a therapist, but definitely not a scholar. Who are you kidding? Luckily, I became aware of what I was saying to myself and saw it as an opportunity to practice self-compassion. I shifted into a mode of self-compassion instead of self-contempt. I started stroking my arm softly, like I have done hundreds of times to my children when they were struggling, saying to myself, Julie, this is really, really hard. You have taken on something that is challenging you in completely new ways. You are having to shift how you view yourself and your capabilities. Of course it's bringing up feelings of inadequacy and thoughts that you're not good enough. Remember the stories you've heard from other friends and colleagues who've completed their PhDs? They all had times when they wanted to walk away, when they feared they weren't up to the challenge. You are not alone. You can do this. You have taken on and worked through other difficult, scary, and vulnerable risks and you're still here. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. I am here for you. I value being present and empathetic to others, and it felt so comforting, so satisfying to be there for me. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, The Assertiveness Guide for Women. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening.
This podcast is for information purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast are not medical or psychological advice. This podcast is offered with the understanding that the publisher is not engaged in rendering psychological, financial, legal, or other professional services. If expert assistance or counseling is needed, the service of a competent professional should be sought. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.